0: to episode 2 of the Changing Gears podcast. My name is Jay Larikus. My name is Ben Johnson. And we are your hosts. And today we have more car pack action, opinions, thoughts, questions of the day, and even more to come if you stick with us throughout the rest of our first season on the podcast. Today we're going to be kicking it off with uh, some new topics, some you heard last week. Our question of the day is going to be, what cars would you get for $15,000, 40000 75000 and 100000 But, and I will be discussing the best cars of the 2000s as opposed to the worst, which we discussed last week. We'll be talking about a cross-country road trip. How would we do it and what would we do it in? And this week we're going to cover some real car news, some uh, new announcements this week from Cadillac and uh, Mustang. Also making a splash, the Hummer, talking EVs and your favorite from last week, who drives it. And so we're going to be kicking off the show with the question of the week, which is, uh, what would you buy? The first section is $15,000. So Ben, what would you buy for $15,000 today? Well,
1: I kind of wanted to come up with this just to talk about, you know, I always kind of fantasize about this. Like if you could have any sports car like within like a certain budget range and I always think like 15 is kind of like oh maybe you know I'm like in my 30s I can afford something like yeah 15
0: you start getting something good
1: yeah and there's a lot of things out there that are just used that you can do all right with um but for 15 I would pick the 2004 slash 2005 Mazda Miata Mazda Speed Mm. and that's they kind of made in this generation they kind of made like just in that year like a Mazda Speed And, like, they just took out, like, some weight. And I think they just did something with the suspension. So, it's just, like, a little bit more rare. You know, like, I don't think there's really much more that needs to be said other than Mazda Speed and Mazda Miata.
0: And I feel like you can probably get a pretty dang good one for 15 I mean, I've seen these things for, like, 6
1: Yeah, so I was originally looking at this, and I'm like, can I find one? You know, am I just going to have to get a normal, like, banged-up one in this price range? And, like, the Mazda Speed, the rarest one, well, not quite the rarest one. They made one that was called, like, the Club Sport they took out the air conditioning i was like and and the radio and i'm like no that's not that's not worth it
0: so no makes sense and they had the the 1.8 liter four cylinders i think it was like 140 150 horsepower but only 2400 pounds rear-wheel drive that's all you need it's uh it's gonna be a hoot that's all you need so it's pretty cool yeah i would go with a little more power i'm going with the early 2000s maybe like a 2002 m3 and granted, for 15k, you're probably gonna have to pick up one with like sixty thousand miles on it. But come on. Yeah, you can do all right. I would think I mean you gotta have the manual. Oh, for sure. Definitely a stick. Obviously they're rear wheel drive, three hundred and thirty horsepower, they're thirty four hundred pounds, which is funny because they're still kind of thirty four hundred pounds right around there to this day. Yeah, yeah. But I mean do, hard to hard to go wrong with that it's one. It's cooper convertible. Mm. I'd probably say coop yeah I'm, if I this was like my torn, one yeah. fun car, I'd maybe get a convertible, yeah, but since uh this game allows me to pick four, I'll take yeah a coupe. <laughs> so I uh, almost
1: put that for my next one for 40k. I was gonna do like a two thousand three two thousand four m three so same generation, but it this would be like clean, like pristine like mm-hmm. perfect, perfect car, yeah, but I didn't, and I went up in performance here and I did just like an 08. This would be C6 Corvette Z06, and that's probably surprising coming from me.
0: Yeah, it's definitely, you're not (laughs) an American sports car guy or a muscle car guy, but these were, I'm going to dare to say it, the (laughs) worst modern Corvette, in my opinion. (laughs) They had huge 7-liter V8s. They made way too much power that you really couldn't put down, and the worst part of these things was the headlights because they had like the clear lens and then the inside of the headlight assembly was the same color as the car and it always looked weird to me like i could never get over it yeah i guess i never really noticed
1: the headlights much other than i thought they were okay but i could see where you're coming from with them looking weird and
0: i feel like every guy that owns this is like 65 really i think i think of like younger dudes owning these really maybe not like like older like the z06
1: I think like people get these used and they track them and they just like, like beat, like, like they beat them up. They're not afraid to drive them and they maybe mod them a little bit. And like, they're just like wicked. I mean,
0: there's a, a, they need a lot of speed. Like, this is the easiest way to get
1: speed at 40 grand. Yeah.
0: No, I, it's hard to doubt that, especially if you're, uh, you know, into going to the track, especially straight line drag racing or something. You, you're getting moving for, yeah. for the price. If
1: I can do 40K for a sports car, I would, think maybe i can get to a
0: track so. these things had notoriously bad clutches too so like people that daily mm-hmm. drove these you were going through like a couple clutches during yeah you probably got to replace
1: those but oh there's right. a,
0: a great video on on youtube of this guy who had just gotten in his corvette and he wanted to do a burnout and he's just sitting there uh and he sees smoke so he thinks he's spinning tires but it's all clutch okay. and yeah. he's just like thinking he's the coolest guy ever sitting I there think with a the pedal to the it, floor yeah. and it's just all clutch that. yeah It's <laughs> probably pretty common yeah, yeah. no I got to believe I went the route for 40,000 that you were going to go in another M three, a yeah, newer one, well, another, maybe 13, 14, 15 M three, uh, the, the F, what is it? The F 30 body style. That would have been the F 80 F 80. Then they well, called it the F, maybe they called the M three, the F 30. I can't remember now. Yeah. I don't know. It's the three that. series, the F 80, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, but three liter turbos were up over 400 horsepower, you know, BMW's. uh, Evolution's been great. A lot of power. They got comfier too. There's a lot of good tech. I drive a 3 Series. I drive a 2016 three Series. And it's a good car for being a 3 Series. The tech works great. It's comfy. comfy. I have the M package all around mine. And I really like my car. And I got to believe that the equivalent M3 would just be amazing. Yeah.
1: I mean, they seem just crazy fast. Yeah. Even
0: my 3 Series is on the quicker side of things for being a small four-cylinder car.
1: Yeah. I'm kind of...
0: I like what they do
1: now where the M3 is like the sedan and the M4 is the coupe mm-hmm. It switches it up instead of them like, like there was like, I guess you could get in the nineties, the 36, you could get a coupe or sedan, but it's both an M3. I, I want the M3 to be the sedan. So I know I, I like the sedan more than the coupe to begin with. I just think the shape is better. It looks better.
0: You can yeah. fit people in it. Yeah. The four so. series, the grand coupe, as the Brits call them, yeah. uh, those are, have a great look. In the four series, M four hard to go wrong. M anything these days is pretty dang good. Yeah. All right, Ben. For seventy five k, what would you do? I'm gonna do a 2015 Porsche Boxster GTS manual. Interesting.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I could have filled this entire thing out of Porsches, but I wanted to, you know, keep it interesting. Mm-hmm. And if I want a Porsche too at seventy five, you can get some pretty darn good ones. This is also something where I think it's this is a weekend category for like what we're kind of talking about here. I'm not daily driving this, you know, unless I really want to. I chose the Boxster over the Cayman just because, like, I'd, I'd rather have a convertible, and these convertibles aren't like that even much. Convertibles, like, like the hood comes back or like the windshield comes back pretty high.
0: Well, you get a lot of used 911s for seventy five
1: grand. Yeah, yeah. I, I I thought about that. I just I just think for a 911 would be more of like a daily driving kind of touring car. I feel like I would want something a little bit sportier the gts is going to be the sportiest of them outside of the like cayman gt4 Mm -hmm. and earlier on too i didn't choose a newer one because this gts had the 4.0 liter inline six and then for a couple years they did the inline four was turbocharged and customers didn't like them so now they're actually gone back to the inline sixes or the flat sixes and um you know, I, I kind of had to go back in time a little bit to get that engine, but I don't think there's probably that big a difference between them. So. No,
0: probably not. And they're, I think, less than 3,000 pounds, so I'm sure yeah, they... Yeah, I
1: mean, they're tiny. Rip. You got to get the manual, in my opinion, and it, I think it'd just be, like, the easiest car to just drive, you know, sporty. It's like the, it's like my 15K example of a Miata. This is the three times as much, five times as much version of it, so... Right.
0: Well, I'm going about polar opposite, <laughs> and this is, this is unique to my personality, but 75K, I want a uh, 71 or 72 Chevy Camaro split bumper, big block, turbo. I'd like to daily drive it and have it be track eligible. So, you know, I'd like to have a, a basic 10, 12 second roll cage in it, but also keeping the AC and some of the uh, creature comforts. I'd keep the leather in it. I wouldn't put racing seats in it. Uh, I definitely want to be able to drive it around town on the weekends and, and race it. I'd love for it to be you know a 12,13 second car so it's fast enough to have a good time, but it doesn't take away the street ability of it. So you want to drag this and drive it to the drag strip? Yeah. Now, I'd love for this thing. you know you can get this car for 45 55k. Uh, I'm adding mods to mine so mm-hmm. I if it doesn't have a big block, I'd love to throw like a 454 turbo, 700 R4 trans. I'd like to make a 700 horsepower Camaro. For seventy-five grand, yeah, without losing all of the street ability of it, is that would this be
1: automatic or manual? Um, I don't know that much of a difference depending on what you want for street
0: versus yeah, it'd be manual. Yeah, it'd be a manual. You can put. uh, I was thinking seven hundred R four, but. You can you probably get a good manual like aftermarket
1: in it. Yeah, that's the, a little bit. The I think th- like a lot of old ones are sloshy, so it's like yeah, does not really working. The very weird very well. thing
0: too, uh, in in drag racing, is you can get like a power glide, which is a two or three speed, and so those are kind of just like oh yeah you yeah, yeah, bump it straight line shifting. Okay. Um, which I know probably wouldn't be your ideal of a manual stick shift car. It sounds kind of cool though. But it is kind of cool. You just like hyper gear it like yeah. halfway through. Just mm-hmm. like, whoosh, yeah. Um, but yeah street 12s at the track i love the split bumper camaros i think the early 70s ones are one of my favorite cars of all time and you can get a good one for 75k totally 100 grand 100 grand this one was
1: actually kind of hard but i feel like this is the best porsche i can get at 100 grand would be like an 03 ish 911 gt3 Hmm. and this would be if i can find it in that like golden yellow color that they made yeah that was a good color why why? I think the nine nine six is slept on, which is like the, you know, ninety nine to two thousand five, mm-hmm. two thousand four, nine eleven. I think it's slept on because people didn't like how the headlights looked. And I think the interior was just a little too early two thousands, so it was kinda like I don't know, plasticky. Yeah. I think they look okay and I think they've aged all right. But this is like the most like high performance G T version of a Porsche I can get. For 100 grand 100 grand
0: it's the only gt3 you're gonna get for 100 grand. yeah that's i'm guessing sure.
1: yeah i could i mean for 100 grand i could get a really good 911 yeah from was... like 2016 or something but like to me that's just not as fun
0: the gt3 is just gonna be so much more raw and it's gonna sound so good do you think a modern 911 say uh i don't know a, a 2016 17 911s or something that you can pick up for 100 grand is faster than the 03 gt3
1: probably but i'm not going for speed at this point i mean this is just like pure I, i'm 100 going for the sound and that or like that golden yellow
0: orangish color do you think this would be one of those cars that falls into the investment category if you picked it up for 100 100 i completely forgot about that this is not going <laughs> to depreciate this is going to like go from 100 grand and you're gonna have it for a couple of years and it's gonna be 120 so and then do you sell it at 120 or do you just hold it I don't know. That's the funny thing. Depends about, how much I like it. That's the funny thing about car guys is they convince their wives that they're going to buy it because it's, it's an investment. I'm not spending money. I'm just tying it up. Yeah. And they know darn right they're never getting rid of the thing.
1: Yeah, that's true. It depends <laughs> because there's something along the lines of that too where like you buy it and you're like, oh, this is going to actually appreciate. So that means a lot of people actually think it's cooler than when you got it. So then you can't sell it now because you have the thing. You have the cool thing. So you're not yeah. going to just take the money. I don't uh, know. definitely unless you want something better. So yeah. what what do you want for 100k?
0: Here's another one that's gonna draw some hate from Ben <laughs> and the car purist. I'd go get a new trackhawk. I since these came out, what was it 2016 or 17 or something that these first came out, I loved these things. I'm a big believer in what you know Chrysler Dodge is doing right now keeping old American car heritage alive. You know, with the meme on Instagram this week is, you know, Ford's like, I'm going to make an electric Mustang and GM is, I'm going to redo my logo to show our dedication to electric cars. And Dodge is like, I'm going to put the Hellcat in the minivan. Fuck you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm a fan of that. And the Trackhawk is that. And I think if you're going to spend a hundred grand to get a hundred percent all around car, Trackhawk's pretty good. They're up there. I mean, you're getting leather interior, all the tech, four wheel or all wheel drive, and a supercharged 707 horsepower engine. You can pick Mm -hmm. your kids up, drive it in the winter rip. I see these things with the drag truck all the time. They're they're another 12, 13 second car right out of the box. Yeah. Truck. I mean,
1: I can't like really disagree with you because they are extremely special cars. They're just not for me. There's someone who has one in my neighborhood. I don't know if he has it anymore, but like you would hear it from a
0: mile away. It's just
1: like, Oh, here he, here he comes. (laughs) When I
0: lived downtown and we had a underground parking garage, there was a guy who lived in my building that had one and I lived on the first floor. So I'm right above the parking garage and every time he started it, you could hear it in my apartment. Anytime he cold started that thing in the parking garage, it was a small earthquake and there was something that I loved about it. You and, gotta be that type of person. Yeah. That wants that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that, it's like having a Harley, but this Harley's actually fast. <laughs> yes. No, they're, they're so good. And it's funny to watch him drag race the uh, Hellcat chargers and challengers because with the all-wheel drive they're actually faster off the line huh. and they run uh, a pretty similar quarter mile you get better weight probably in the back wheels or something mm-hmm. and it, yeah and the whine of that that hellcat supercharger is oh, just yeah epic yeah like people see that especially if you're not a car person and you don't really know that the trackhawk exists and you just see a grand cherokee and then you hear that supercharger and hear that thing start it just blows people's minds yeah. and i like to I like to provoke emotion in the cars I yeah. drive. And that is one that people will be in awe, love, hate. Like, you can't just ignore that car.
1: Well, hopefully Chrysler puts it in the Pacifica soon.
0: Yeah. And we can see that in a minivan. I would, <laughs> you know, I got, a, drive I, I got a kid on the way and I have no intentions <laughs> of ever owning a minivan. But if I'm forced to, I would definitely try to try to sneak that one in.
1: There will be thousands and thousands of American
0: men being like, honey. I can do it. Yeah, (laughs) we can do this. And what what else could they put the Hellcat in that they haven't done? Maybe like the 300, like the Chrysler Uh, 300. Yeah, I think they technically still make that. They could do it in.
1: Well, they just put it in the Ram, I guess. I don't know if like you could technically put it in like a Fiat because they're under Fiat Chrysler.
0: (laughs) Could you put it in a Wrangler?
1: I think they're going to. I've heard whisperings of it. So they're going to do that, and then they're going to put it in the Gladiator too, which would make sense. Yeah. So I guess then yeah, you that'd could would be something to see. You could probably put it in any Jeep. I don't. Th- it wouldn't obviously make sense in any of the smaller Jeeps. It that just throws it off. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. I guess there's the new uh, Wagoneer that's coming out.
0: Hey, if someone Hellcat swapped a Dodge Avenger, what did you think about that?
1: You know what? <laughs>
0: I mean, it's not going to go anywhere
1: because the tires are just automatically going to be shot on any Avenger. Like. So I don't really know. Don't, don't, I, don't, I don't even want to talk about that right now.
0: <laughs> did you see a few months back, maybe a year back, someone hell swapped, or Hellcat swapped a Miata? And no. then they it was bright orange, and it didn't quite fit under the hood, so they had to cut a hole out of the hood to have the supercharger sticking out oh, of it. Yeah. And I remember seeing it on Facebook, and they were like, someone did it. They Hellcat swapped the Miata. And I kid you not, it was like a week or two later, and that thing was wrapped around a tree. Yeah. And, and that was the end of that. And there's a reason... the the miata does not have a hellcat
1: engine in it not because miata or mazda doesn't make those but also because you would kill yourself
0: (laughs) yeah all right well last week we talked about the worst car of the 2000s if you haven't listened to that episode uh go back one because it's a hoot and you get to hear why ben hates the dodge vendor so much and why that joke will be forever made throughout the series um last week i said the pt cruiser was the worst car of all time so this time ben and i Are going to talk about the contrary what is the best car of the 2000s and yes best is a relative word but we're going to try to provide some some rationale that we can all agree on so ben what is your best car of the 2000s
1: mine's gonna be the bugatti veyron i thought this was almost a kind of objective objective answer it's just kind of like this hadn't been made yet you think like the best car of the 90s would have been like the mclaren f1 this is the mclaren f1 of the 2000s w16 you know engine it's just massive all-wheel drive and every spec about the car was just unheard of at the time
0: yeah and and the the veyron became more than a car it was you know an element of like pop culture
1: yeah i mean the car had like nine radiators it just yeah it's it's ridiculous ridiculous. the uh Mm -hmm. The I remember like I don't remember his first name. Bugatti, the guy yep. from a long time ago, you know, Italian 1920s. Guy. He uh, he was kind of this guy. I've heard about like him as a character and how he like set out to make the best no matter what. So there was just absolutely no. Yeah, I think he was loaded, so he just was able to put a ton of money in it. He's like the Koenigsegg guy now, mm-hmm. like only builds like a few cars, but like they're just insane. Yep, that's what the Bugatti guy was like. So that's like their company philosophy, and. Everything i've seen about this car. I don't think i'll ever drive one of these <laughs> it's just going to be way too hard Everything just seems so ridiculous about it in the way there's cars now that are faster mm-hmm. technically But the way it builds speed is apparently just uncomprehensible. You, you can't compare anything to it You can't understand it. i believe so fast. it. fast apparently th- they had When they came out with the super sport, this is why I couldn't say the super sport for like the 2010s the Supersport was apparently better. They added 200 horsepower. The guy that does the suspension tuning for Lotus Exiges and stuff did now, like, redid the Bugatti Veyron's suspension for, like, the new model. So, like, that one's supposed to be even the better one and a completely different car, mm-hmm. but I can't say that because that was in the 2000s.
0: Yeah, and you can't say it's the first hypercar, but it really put hyper cars on the map, that it was something that people followed and they weren't just these prototype concept yeah. cars that jaguar and and ferrari were making i mean the first time we probably saw something like a 200 mile an hour car was probably what like early 90s Lamborghinis yeah, and stuff like the diablo
1: i don't know if like the f40 technically went over yeah, 200 good. miles an hour i think mm-hmm. it might have but you know it's kind of like sketchy you don't really know this car feels like you you could take it on a like a track and take it 200 miles an hour like anyone could do it like my mom could do it like no big deal
0: yeah i know i think it was in the 90s Jag made some crazy 220 mile an hour car and it was what was it like, yeah, but, like X-J- xkj 220 20, yeah. yeah some series of uh of letters and numbers looks like a catfish yeah and those things are fast i'm Trying to type it in here simultaneously to to see how fast they were. But I'm pretty sure those things got up over a couple hundred miles an hour. Yeah. Two hundred and twelve miles an hour. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Jaguar doesn't make cars like that anymore. No. Yeah, the other thing I was gonna say, in comparison to the Veyron, when we think of like hypers like hyper cars in that range was like the Hennessy Venom. Remember that car yeah. kinda like that? Yeah. That was like to me like that was like the anti-Veyron or the Veyrons like four-wheel drive it is like a little bit heavier and it's just like tight car you know mm-hmm. the hennessy venom was just like let's take a lotus and just like explode it yeah and i didn't really like that though cuz it's like well you just put turbos on it like you can take like you can take vipers and like corvettes and put like massive turbos on it and get it over 1000 horsepower the bugatti just had 1000 horsepower
0: yeah and and hennessy are crazy guys john hennessy american company they just they didn't play by the rules. Like They came out with that stuff, and they still do to this day. They do some wild, wild things, but yeah. I'm a fan. All right. Enough about the Veyron. What did you choose? I'm going a known favorite of mine, the 0506 4 GT. It okay. is American car history, and it's the only high-value American car to come out of the 2000s. It is, in my opinion, the only American supercar to come out of the 2000s. And it's the homage to, you know, the, the Ford versus Ferrari, the Le Mans days of America given Italy the FU. And if you haven't watched the Ford versus Ferrari movie or heard the story of, of why the Ford GT was created and what makes it special, you're definitely going to want to look into that because to me, that is American automotive history in one car. And uh, I was actually kind of, I'm not going to say bummed because I like the new Ford GTs too, but I really would have maybe loved them to leave that you know ended on a high note and now it's just becoming another mainstream supercar and i feel like it's lost some of its heritage um but that thing that thing's too good the cars are still going up in value if you have a clean one you know they're creeping up on a half a million dollars yeah they
1: aged extremely well the Mm -hmm. outside looks perfect i would totally i always when i think about them I think about them in like that dark, almost like crimson color mm-hmm. with the white stripes, obviously, or like the
0: kind of like darker blue they had, yeah. like that forward blue. Yep. Yeah. I see some too that are white with uh, blue stripes, and then you get like the Heritage Edition ones that are that light blue and orange. Yeah, or there's like the Gulf livery ones. Yeah, those are really cool. Mm-hmm. Yep, the
1: interior looks sweet too.
0: That one's hard to beat. I know uh, it's objective because it's more of a historically significant car, but. It's yeah. the best car that came out of America in the 2000s. Yeah, and, I can't think of anything and else. And I'm an American car guy. So. Yeah. So if we were to switch it up, we said the word best is relative. If you were to pick a car with the most importance, if we were to make that differentiation, would you have a different car?
1: Well, when it comes to the important cars, I think, and this is a completely change from the Bugatti Veyron, but I would have to say the Prius.
0: Yeah. Oh. I mean, for the significant, it's it's hard to disagree with it. You know, no one, would they come out in like 04 or something?
1: Yeah, I think they kind of had one before that. I mean, it was early 2000s. There's been a couple generations, but mm-hmm. like the people didn't even hardly know what a hybrid was. Yeah. And like culturally, that's so important. Like, economy cars are kind of technically more important. This is what people drive, this is what gets people for me to be.
0: Yeah. And every manufacturer followed suit over the next 10 to 20 years. I mean, 40 mpg was mind boggling in the mid early 2000s when these came out and offered that. Yeah. But now it's it's pretty standard. I mean, if you're. Um, your sedan doesn't get 30 40 miles per gallon. It's it's fairly frowned upon uh, yeah. It shows how far we've come to just to like How like many miles in a like, car
1: can we get out of this like fuel we mine from the earth? I mean this just like reduced it completely to everyone's trying to like follow up on that. It's the efficiency is ridiculous mm-hmm. Yeah, they're they're weird cars. I don't really like driving them
0: No, <laughs> I actually got the opportunity to drive an older one. I think it was a 2008 or 2009 not too long ago And it, it was an experience. It wasn't a good one, but again, if we're talking significance, that car, you know, started this futuristic wave of hybrid and then electric cars. So
1: yeah, people are wondering
0: where the Prius will even go. Like, do they just kind of end it? Because like, what's next for the Prius? Do you think in 50 years or something like that at Barrett Jackson, there's going to be a 2004 Prius that pulls six figs because it it started the revolution?
1: (laughs) I feel like, yeah, sure. And it would be like that, like terrible green color that they made. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know. It's got like an equality sticker on the back or something the, like the that. The coexist sticker? Coexist sticker
0: or both. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. I'm going to take a weird one and it's pretty uh, anti-Prius. And I'm going to go with like the 2004 Lamborghini Gallardo or maybe even like the Murcielago. And the reason why is that was the car. If you were born in the 90s. That was the car. That was the car you wanted when you are playing Need for Speed, Midnight Club Edition. That was the one you had on your wall as a poster. Like, that car was success when it came out. And that really, to me, I know Lamborghini has a long, distinguished heritage, and it would be uh, wrong to say that the Gallardo put Lamborghini on the map as a whole, but it put Lamborghini on the map for all the 90s kids and put sports cars on the map for all the 90s kids. And this really kind of changed the old Italian man's, you know, art piece of a Lamborghini to an American dream car. And mm-hmm. it became a, a Miami, New York, L.A. staple. And you wanted one. They were in every music video. Yeah, they were so cool. I mean,
1: I remember watching like a video or something like that where they had like there was three different Gallardos at one time. It was like the normal one. And then they had like the Super Leggera one or whatever, yeah. which now had like all wheel drive and, like, a cool paint job and, like, a spoiler. And they had, like, the Balboni edition. That was the one I wanted Hmm. because that was a manual rear-wheel drive and it had this, like, Italian stripe along the side. I was like, yes, the Balboni edition. I mean, they had a Gallardo for
0: everyone. Very true. Okay, so if we were to pivot the question to the uh, most important car currently being made, what would you say?
1: I think I would have to go with Teslas. Yeah, it's hard to disagree. They're too important. I mean... I was I was listening to this guy or like reading this article from a uh, car reviewer the other day, and he was talking about like anyone that just doesn't see this coming, like the second these things get a little bit cheaper and the range is a little bit better, like there's going to be no reason not to have them. They're they're just too easy to live with.
0: Yeah, and the the tech in them's wild. And as people become more and more familiar with technology, yeah. and you can update your cars like you can update your phone. I mean, as a as a muscle car guy, you you it's a love hate relationship with it. But it's definitely the future and I'm a, you know, save the planet guy. So I can, uh, I can respect where they're going and what's going to happen with it. Yeah. I
1: mean, it's going to happen like, like historically it's going to look like it happened really quickly. This like transition to electric cars, but it really is going to take over the next like 10 years it's going to, it's going to take a while or it's going to feel like a while, Mm -hmm. but a lot of other car companies are going to come out with other electric cars and it it definitely started with this. Like we can say the Prius kind of started this hybrid thing, like full electric cars, and, like, Tesla's kind of, like, outpaced any, like, expectations they had. And, I mean, they just keep booming. So, it's it's just, you, you can't stop it. So Right.
0: Yeah, I'd have a, another angle on this answer, too. I'd give the nod to Tesla for, of course, inventing the future of the car. Um, but I'm going to give Dodge, Chrysler, Jeep some credit as of late for, for keeping the past alive. I think there is a lot of American history that everyone's getting away from. As we said earlier, the Mustang is going electric. GM is going to be producing I think they said all models electric by 2035 or something of that nature. California has already said that they're only going to allow the sale of electric cars in 2030 or whatever that year was that they said. So Dodge Jeep Chrysler, keeping the Hellcats keeping the muscle cars. Um, they're fast Jeeps. I know people probably think they they're insane, but it's sort of an homage to the old hot rod culture. I mean when all the Willys World War II Jeeps came back, uh there was a surplus of them and guys could get their hands on them for cheap. In 40s, 50s, you had a bunch of hopped up Jeeps and you're going to the racetrack, they used to call them rails cuz that's all they were, was just stripped down Jeeps and uh sedans, so there was just the the chassis rails and uh big engines, lightweight. And you know, they're not very lightweight these days, but they're keeping a lot of that heritage alive, so uh and they're the only one doing it. As we made the joke earlier, the world's going electric. Dodge has said no thanks.
1: Oh, totally. And I so, mean, they'll move on with
0: like another brand going
1: into that. But yeah, we'll wonder like, what is going to be like the last Dodge? What's going to be the last big six-plus liter V8 supercharged engine? I don't know when. It, you know, they could they could keep making it for a while. I guess it probably just even depends on like, you know, fuel economy standards that are like set by the law and stuff like that. Yeah, but and eventually, eventually they're
0: probably going to come succumb to regulation. You got to believe in the next. You know 30 40 50 years you're gonna yeah. see the the california standards go nationwide well, a part
1: of what will probably
0: happen is
1: certain cars certain electric cars will get so much faster still and so much more efficient for cheaper that like it's like oh do we really need the jeep with the huge engine in it mm-hmm. yeah probably
0: not it was fun for you know five ten years and see you later so yeah. All right, we're going to change gears here a little bit. Let's do a quick little segment. Ben, if you could take any car on an American cross-country road trip, what would it be? So this is something I fantasize about
1: every day. Don't we all? As you're sitting at work and you're like, I wish I was just driving around the country forever. (laughs) Um, But I would definitely go with a new Bentley Continental GT Cabriolet.
0: I feel like that's kind of the, the obvious choice. Yeah. I mean top gear and grand tour and all those have made that road trip famous with the bentley
1: i mean if i had an unlimited budget i mean it's just it's too nice of a car it's too comfortable it's sporty yeah, i guess i'd get really horrible gas mileage but at that point i got a bentley i'm enjoying this drive like i'll pay for gas to enjoy this drive more mm-hmm. the interior i don't think there's a better interior you could have for a convertible yeah definitely so. not. all right what would you pick
0: yeah hard to disagree with that i'd go maybe a little bit down your street here with a 2020 Porsche 911 S probably have to go with the Cabriolet because cross country. You need the option. Yeah, definitely went through your hair. A lot of power in that. It's a 911. Uh, that's something you can, you know, settle in. And, and you drive. can definitely, I mean, you can definitely drive that probably almost
1: as comfortable as the Continental because you're just going to let the dampers go and like, it'll be easier. Put it in comfort mode and just kind of set it. For sure. So that's uh, just not y- too hard.
0: You didn't like our our road trip last year in our transit van? No,
1: no, I'd rather not drive a transit van, (laughs) 1,100 miles or whatever we did. Yeah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put that harm on anyone.
0: (laughs) It wasn't that bad. We found a dirt road. Yeah, you drifted the transit van in Arkansas.
1: You drive it like a rental, then, then you drive it like a rental. So, (laughs) I guess if it's just me and like, you know, my fiance doing it, then it's like, yeah, take the coupe. But I guess if you got more people, you need something else. I'd I'd just pick like a Bentley SUV or something or Mercedes SUV. I don't know.
0: Yeah, don't blame you. All right, let's get into a little car news. I think we have to prove to our uh, listeners that we actually know some legitimate facts about cars and not just all opinions. Yeah. I'm still going to have opinions. (laughs) Oh, for sure. That's the name of the game. Uh, I watched the 24 Hours of Daytona last week, which I watch every year, granted. But this year, I took a little closer look at it. And the prototypes, the makes, are not cars you usually see in racing. You have Cadillac. You have Mazda. You have Acura. And uh, specifically Cadillac, who has kind of been the the GM's ugly stepsister the last few years, really putting on a show. They finished second, fourth, and fifth in the prototype series, or in the proto- prototype division of the 24 Hours of Daytona. And it makes you uh, wonder a little bit, like Mazda prototype cars, they say that's where they test their tech. What Mazda <laughs> gets the 220 mile an hour prototype tech? Yeah, I don't
1: know what... I mean, I guess maybe what Cadillac gets them too. I mean, I guess they put big engines in it. Well, I've yeah, I should note too. It was like four of the top seven prototypes were Cadillacs. So yep. it's like, well, yeah, they're going to podium or at least, you know, one or
0: two of them are. Well, Cadillac's starting to do some good stuff. I mean, they've had a, a checkered history. There's been some great cars coming out of Cadillac and there's been some real grandpa cars coming out of Cadillac. And uh, they just announced the, the CTS 4V Blackwing and the, the 5V Blackwing. Crazy cars. Yeah, I'm I'm skeptical. I'm not gonna lie.
1: Is that the new one? Do they call the new one the Blackwing still? I'm pretty sure they do. Or is it just like the CT5V? I I can't. I don't know what they're called. Yeah, there's a (laughs) lot going on, but I'm. I don't. I don't. I can't follow it. I used to always know it's the CTSV. It's the ATSV. It's it was was the same for like 15 years. Now I don't know. They've changed it like three times.
0: Yep, I'm 85% sure they're calling them the Blackwings. The CTS4V Blackwing and the CTS. 5v blackwing yeah it's a mouthful they look cool they're supposed to be monsters the 4v is a turbo six 472 horsepower's big thing here was uh comes with a manual out of the box oh, yeah. and uh rep from cadillac said that they went out to create an enthusiast car they wanted to change up the reputation a little bit and they went m3 and m5 hunting with these and yeah. so they're going inline six in the four turbocharged 472 horsepower with a manual and then the 5v has the the gm uh v8 the same one that's in the zl1 camaro i believe supercharged yep and yeah prices are how much are they The the four is like sixty grand, and the five is like ninety grand. Yeah, so maybe like plus five for some like options, but yeah. Yeah, so they're overall they're cheaper than like an M4 and M5, and you don't Uh, get a shitty grill on the M. Yeah, M3. What do they have? M4, M4, but yeah, C63 AMGs and stuff like that that they're competing with a little bit. I'm always pulling
1: for them. I always want something like this to be American and cool, and I guess like they are doing it. I mean, I I always kind of wonder too, like Cadillac, like you're definitely
0: chasing someone, you know, like be Cadillac, be your thing, do your thing. But what is Cadillac? Because to me, Cadillac (laughs) are like lazy boys in a car. They got to be big, comfortable boss cars. Yeah. With not like Tony Soprano boss car. Like,
1: I I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, it can't be kind of like greasy. It's got to be like, it's got to be really
0: nice. And they made a step in the right direction this year with the Escalade too. You know, the Escalade's been a popular car, another pop culture car. Uh, But this was the first, like, genuinely nice Escalade. The interiors came a long way, the tech came a long way. They really invested in the Escalade this year, and I'm a fan. Yeah, they're huge. They're huge. And just, I think th- you want a big fucking car, this is a big fucking car. Yeah. And the, the screens, they have the three joint screens. So they have the display right in front of you where your gauge cluster is. And then obviously they have the center screen mm-hmm. from the start of your left screen to the end of your right screen is 38 inches of screen in a car. Oh, wow. that's TVs cool weren't even that it's big. It's kind of curved too, Yeah, right? it, it curves the entire cockpit, 38 yeah. inches of screen.
1: Yeah, and they made it just bigger than everyone else. So like, for if if you want a big car, you want the biggest, most amount of legroom in the third row. Here you go.
0: Yeah, it's, it's wild.
1: It's gonna look a little bit. I hope it doesn't like get out of date though, because I I know like you've seen the um, you've seen the new dash like all digital dash that mm-hmm. Mercedes is doing. Yeah. Like if that comes out in a Mercedes SUV, all of a sudden Cadillac doesn't have the cool screen thing anymore. Yeah, so, I believe I that. Know.
0: If. Uh, Cadillac wanted to push the envelope. If there is ever a Cadillac vehicle designer out there listening, put the supercharged V8 in the Escalade.
1: Yeah. I I mean, you got to do it. It's money on the table, honestly, because you can put that in there and charge 20 grand more, and there's going to be people buying them. Oh, percent Just do it. Make money.
0: I don't wonder if the... So I think the CTS-4V Blackwing that we were just talking about, I suspect will be better than the 5V. Yeah. Turbo...
1: I know oh. I would probably personally rather have the 5, but that's just me.
0: I feel like the uh, the the 5V is just going to be like the ZL1 Camaro. It's the same engine. They're heavy, big cars. Yeah, it's
1: bigger, yeah. It'd just be a rocket ship. I know the CT S4 would be smaller and more, a little more nimble for
0: sure. Yeah, and I'm biased. Turbo cars, I like the V6 turbos. I mean, you have almost 500 horsepower in a manual. That's all you need. That's the that's 700 more than horsepower is is scary to some people.
1: Yeah. I, I don't even know. I guess I've never really driven a 700 horsepower car.
0: So, <laughs> but I'll be super excited for when like car and driver gets their hands on these and, and puts them side by side with like the M4 and the M5 and the C63 AMG and some of those other $100,000 fast cars and yeah, see how they stack. Totally.
1: Up. One more thing about Cadillac. And this is where like, I want Cadillac to be Cadillac and I want like an American luxury brand to be an American luxury brand. They're always like the budget, whatever, like you're always like you're always getting like the Cadillac that's going to be like, oh, it's 20 grand less than the Mercedes. So it's Mm -hmm. better. Like, no, make the 20 grand more Cadillac, make the like more expensive Cadillac, like make something high end. I like the average person can't afford these anyways. So don't like try to be the average person. Mm -hmm. Just make something baller so like you can actually like be more expensive than them. Because yeah. it used to be the most expensive cars. Like the 60s and stuff. Like Cadillac was the Cadillac. Like it's a big deal. Like just really go out there on it. But they're trying to stay. It, it's like, oh, it's a budget BMW. Like just, no, don't be a budget BMW. Be Cadillac. Be better than that. Mm-hmm. More yeah. expensive if it, if it has to be. I don't and know. I
0: hope they do it. When they get it right, they do some really cool stuff. The problem is they just haven't been getting it right much yeah. in the last decade. I think, I think they're on the right track though with these. Yep. I like to see it. All right. A lot of big namesake models being brought back in the last few years you have the bronco obviously the defenders back jeeps playing with the wagoneer the ranger came back a couple years ago uh and gm brought black brought back the blazer and the trailblazer and to me and maybe i'll leave this up to you for your opinion too the blazer used to be good like if we're talking 80s cars blazers broncos and wranglers we're in the same category. They duked it out. Big off-roaders. Take the top off. I mean, you could do a lot of cool big tires. You could do a lot of cool stuff with them. The Wrangler. It's been around. It's still good. For the most part, it's always been good. The Bronco came back from the looks of it. They did a pretty good job. Uh, the little sport ones are kind of a little dipsy, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But the big tire Broncos are pretty cool. And then the Blazer, they bring back. It's like an it, economy car. <laughs> is this tiny little, like, 190-horsepower turd. And then the Trailblazer, they bring back a year later because the world needed more of those. And that's an even worse turn. And it's like, when you brought back the Blazer, it takes years to develop cars. Mm -hmm. You knew you were going to bring back the Trailblazer, too. And you knew. We heard whisperings of the Bronco and stuff a few years ago. Mm -hmm. You knew the opportunity was there to go play. And GM doesn't, in my opinion, have like an off-road SUV the way Ford now has the Bronco and Jeep has the Wrangler.
1: Yeah, it's like the Ford came out with the Bronco, then the Bronco Sport. And like the Bronco Sport's actually kind of like a respectable, like people are gonna they're gonna sell a lot of those. Mm-hmm. And the Bronco's gonna be like the cooler, bigger version of the Bronco Sport. And it's like GM came out with the Blazer and then just like forgot to come out with the cool one.
0: <laughs> yeah. There was such an opportunity then for to go for them to go chip into that market. And I think the Wrangler is gonna hold strong as the big daddy of the off road SUV. Yeah. You have, you know, obviously your Land Rovers and Range Rovers, but they don't really play the same game because they're so expensive and, you know, they they spend more time cruising downtown city streets than they do off-road. But people actually off-road their Wranglers quite a bit. I suspect people will off-road their Broncos quite a bit. And, man, I, I, I'm saying say it again. Like, the Blazer could have come back with a big tire off-road car like it used to be. Like the old, well, the K5 Blazers, I might be butchering that, but mm-hmm. those things were sick i They're see cool. them yeah i see them still for sale and i want one yeah and i just can't emphasize enough like what are you doing gm there's an off-road market it's like a segment like these even if you're not even gonna
1: actually off-road it like make something that looks like it can do it and they, they didn't do it
0: and the only thing that i think bothered me more than that in the last couple of years is uh the mach e mustang the electric suv mustang i kind of like it <laughs> I don't mind the look of the car, but why did you have to call it a Mustang? Like, that's I mean, such a,
1: an important name. It shows the direction that they're going, though. I think they—I I, don't—they didn't have to do it. That's for sure. They could have called it something else. They could have just called it the Mach-E and leave Mustang off, but they did it. And then, I don't know. They look kind of ugly, but I don't know if there's a whole lot you can do with electric cars. There's so much like space in the middle we're not used to. I
0: would—I w- I would have wanted them to start with like the Fusion, or even go into like a Lincoln doing. I don't know, the Continental or an MKZ or something electric. Yeah. To come out swinging with this weird Mustang, like, do you think they're going to sell a lot of these? I don't know if they're going to sell a lot of them,
1: but it's definitely not going to flop. The interiors are really nice. They look okay. I think they look better in a Tesla Model Y. Yeah. And I think they're going to come out with, like, the GT version of it. Mm -hmm. So, like, this was the Mach-E is, like, I think just now coming out. And it's still like big horsepower. It's like four hundred something. Yeah, the new 450 one's going to
0: horsepower in the GT.
1: The next one, yeah, the the newer one that's going to come out, or the one with the more horsepower. I mean, that thing's going to like be quick. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like it's like going to be quicker than an actual Mustang.
0: It's quick, but in some ways, it's the so the base Mach E is two hundred sixty six horsepower. The GT is four hundred fifty. Okay. And that's still you know on the lower end on the horsepower spectrum that we've seen the last few years out of electric cars. I mean. You usually see the people rolling out their electric cars with these crazy horsepower numbers, 700 to 1,200 horsepower. I mean, the Hummer, that EV Hummer rolled out a 1,000 horsepower. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely a different twist, but I would have liked to see them either start with the Fusion or Ford had so many good, you know, namesake models, bring back something that would fit the mold like the ford maverick you know if you're like paving the way to the future or something like that it had
1: to be a crossover that's for sure but then i guess mach e makes sense because like e electric yeah
0: or like the galaxy i don't know like i feel like they had so many good names that they could have created some buzz by bringing something back totally I, i don't know i
1: still like it i don't think i'll ever own one you know but it's cool that they're making it i want someone to come in and stick it to tesla a little bit it yeah. makes something that has a little bit better interior and uh, looks a little bit better on the outside. And I think they're kind of going down that route. Do you like that EV Hummer? I mean, it's crazy. It looks like something out of a movie. I saw
0: Dwayne The Rock Johnson just bought one.
1: I think LeBron has one, too. And like you see videos. I'm sure if you saw one in person, it would be striking. You'd be like, whoa. It yeah. looks like the Warthog from the Halo video games. Yes. Do you ever play that? Yes. <laughs> it's, like they, it's like they mimicked it completely.
0: Hundred percent, And they're like 80 to 110 grand or something like that. That's
1: not insane for how like crazy it is now.
0: And they're up to a thousand horsepower. Like I said, the range kind of sucks on them though. I think it's only like 250 miles. Yeah. Maybe 300 on the nicer one. I think
1: someone that has one of those is like a famous person though. And that's like their 14th car. Yeah. Like no one's going to get that and drive it as their first car.
0: (laughs) No, I'd hope not at least, but someone's weird dad will do it. Yeah. We'll see electric cars, man. If you'd have told, if you'd have said 10 years ago, you know, the it, what is it? It's 2011. We're coming out of the recession. I'm pretty sure the Hummer died in 2010. Gas is 4.50 a gallon, and they said in 10 years the Hummer and the Mustang are going to be electric.
1: That would blow people's minds. It I actually would. don't think we can technically talk about electric cars on this podcast because it's the changing gears podcast so if the car's not changing gears then well i remember forward and reverse is a gear but <laughs> i was <laughs> they just getting technical a
0: year yeah i guess that's true all right let's get into something that people like then let's play who drives it all i can kick it off we want to we want to you know be uh, cautiously stereotyping here but yeah cautiously stereotyping we can get very specific though like we're not really wrong
1: all righty i'm gonna start with the ford super duty
0: pickup the super duty you gotta, say it. you gotta say it like that. <laughs> Super duty. Like, how do the commercials say it? I don't know, just really low. Voice. Yeah, just very slow. Yeah. Have you ever driven a Ford Super Duty? And all, all like the <laughs> 60-year-old men are like, oh, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Super Duty owners' favorite words are coors and light. <laughs> and that pretty much sums it up. They're they're ball cap wearing. They're they're working construction, most of them. Uh, there's this this uh niche of super duty drivers that tow something like once a year but bought a super duty just so they could look really manly when they tow that one thing a year and otherwise it's just a baby i see people polishing their super duties and their big chrome wheels and all that more than i see people polishing their porsches yeah it's a love affair i, I think super duty i see like
1: i see like the 60 year old dad who's like kind of done well for himself lives in a nice suburban house drives a super duty it's pristinely clean tows one thing a year And like helps his kid move or something like that. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) And then, you know, even though you have the 250, 350, 450, it's all the same kind of person. It's just how much money does that person have to spend? Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) What payment plan can they get financed? I don't know. Yeah, for 11 years for
1: my. uh, All right, Jay, I'll do the next one. Audi A4. You
0: know, I only know one person with an Audi A4. And so I'm going to (laughs) stereotype that Audi A4s are usually bought, but like, Twenty-three-year-old douchebags who are jealous that like their friends and girlfriends' friends have cool cars, and so they went to the Audi dealership and they got like an eight-year payment plan and are paying seven hundred dollars a month while they live with four friends paying $600 a month in rent so that they can feel accepted when they're out of their <laughs> basic apartment. All right, that's extremely specific. <laughs> that might be someone, you know.
1: <laughs> There's definitely no one that I'm specifically yeah, I definitely about. think like a recent grad though that got like a nice job in finance and is like, I have some money now, and then they're like, yeah,
0: $600 a month into a Audi. Mm-hmm. That's gonna just be worth half as much in five years. Yeah, all right, <laughs> if we were to switch it up, if I gave you a person and you had to match them to a car, If I gave you like the stereotypical finance bro, khakis, button up, Patagonia vest, what do they drive? I mean, this is where I'd definitely go with an
1: Audi
0: for (laughs) unless they can definitely do like an S5 or something like that. Like I think finance, I think Audi. That's Mm -hmm. just the way it is. And then there's also that like subcategory of Honda Accords on lease. Like you go get your 2021 Honda Accord that you're paying, you know. Totally. $289 a month for. Yeah.
1: Or like, yeah, they're smart. Like financial advisor. Like it's like a Honda CRV or something like that. hmm So.
0: What about uh an Audi Q5?
1: This is definitely kind of sort of like the female version of the Audi A4. Yep. And it might get a little bit more mom though. Mm-hmm. But like I think of like kind of like the well-to-do mom or like 30-year-old woman who loves to shop at Target and is super basic. Yeah probably works in marketing or as a real estate agent definitely marketing yeah marketing at target you drive an audi q5 Mm
0: -hmm. two kids plays hockey husband drives a suburban wife wanted a q5 totally got it yeah that's pretty much guaranteed volvo 850 wagon
1: these are funny i so i actually know someone who had one of these and he was like your quintessential like looks like a professor um I think he had, you know, like those really round glasses, like tortoise shell and it was gold, you know, And like you buy it, you like you buy it in cash when it's new and you drive it for 15 years. Mm-hmm.
0: Like, of course, it's going to be like that. Yeah. And they're still convinced that even though it's 21 years old, it still runs just fine. Can't get a car better than this. Yeah, pretty much. No, it's definitely
1: like any sort of like European wagon that like you buy outright is driven by like millionaire Democrats. <laughs> yes, or they're like architects. <laughs> yeah, architects, like something like European, stylish, but like not too stylish. It's like still a, like still like a dad.
0: Yeah, you know? it's kind of like the Saab owner too. Like you yeah. know how many guys drive Saab nine threes and they're just yeah.
1: yeah like I was a professor for ten years. Yeah. Now I just kind of like
0: do nothing mm-hmm. and travel. Whereas like a beanie and big black thick glasses. Exactly. Full of culture yeah but like minimum 40 years old you can't be younger than 40
1: no 100 percent.
0: all right the tesla model s these ones are getting a little broader but i feel like they're still like your tech guys your uh entrepreneurs as i call them yeah like you the model s you know you have to spend a little money on so you have to have a little something something to you but you're probably turrowing this you know eight days of the month to cover your payment you convinced your wife to buy it because you told her you will not have to pay for gas, but then it runs up your electric bill in the garage every night, and now she's mad at you. <laughs> That's kind of what I think.
1: I think it's like the older version of the Audi A4. Like someone who's like got a little bit more money, but still like are kind of pushing it to get that Tesla. I mean, it's just like new tech. Mm-hmm. So someone who drives a Tesla Model S doesn't give a shit about cars. They yep. just want the new tech. They want the newest iPhone. They want the newest iPad. They want the newest MacBook. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Definitely Mac. Yep. It's the macbook of cars
0: 100 <laughs> percent. all right the porsche panamera the panamera is not the most expensive car in the world but it's only driven by wealthy people <laughs> dentists surgeons obgyn doctors you know yeah. professionals
1: definitely professionals definitely not people that are too young it's definitely like a, you know like a middle-aged car yeah. For sure. Like, there's no like 30 year olds. I mean, they're expensive, but like, there's no like 30 year old that's like rich and drives a Panamera. Oh, no. Maybe, maybe like some like soccer players or like NBA players. Mm-hmm. Definitely no NFL players. That's not a Panamera demographic. I don't know.
0: No. And Panameras are notorious for the vanity license plate. Yeah. I'm... I could see that.
1: Yeah. You don't see very many of them. Mm-mm. Yeah. I mean, they were kind of ugly. Now they're kind of cooler. <laughs> so.
0: All right. Let's do the new Toyota Tacoma. This is kind of like
1: a different version of the Audi A4. Everything goes back to an Audi A4 <laughs> because it's so basic. Yeah. <laughs> but like a Toyota Tacoma, I think is like a guy kind of like our age, you know, like in your, in your like mid twenties, late twenties, like maybe works in finance though, or maybe like is, oh, engineer. Like maybe they're like a, mm-hmm. like a yuppie engineer that wears flannels and boots and goes to breweries on the weekends, but oh, they're yeah. still live in a city.
0: Yep. Has a beard. Yeah.
1: Maybe lives in Denver. Probably lives in
0: Denver. Definitely bought it for the reliability. (laughs) But now Tacomas are becoming a little, like, hipster. Yeah. But uh, the new ones. You know who drives the old ones? Who? Terrorist organizations. (laughs) Okay. ISIS exists on the, like, 89 Toyota Tacoma. Yeah, see,
1: that's what I should say. If you want (laughs) to, like, cripple the terrorist organizations, give them, like, Give them, like, cheap old American trucks. Like, just yeah. start shipping them over there. Send them a Ram. They, they all break down. Yeah. Like, old Rams. And they'll just, like, yeah, oh, gosh, we can't drive anywhere. Would just
0: be, like, <laughs> a Ram graveyard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't
1: say what you want about terrorists, but they know their trucks. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> all right. Next one. Uh, the Volkswagen GTI. You. <laughs> yes, that's me.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you want to stereotype had, me a little bit? Yes. Ben has, uh, what, what year is yours? 20, 2019. 20, 2019 GTI. It's nice, uh, but definitely kind of fit in the mold—hipster, 20, 30 year thirty-year-old male. Women don't drive these cars. It's only men. <laughs> that's true.
1: <laughs> like it's—it's it's one of those things I, I always have to explain why I
0: like it. Like nobody mm-hmm. knows why I get that car. Yeah. <laughs> so you always have to explain it. Yeah, and and they're like go karts. Yeah. And and the whole car t- is the tires. Mm-hmm. And that's all the GTI owner ever talks about. Yeah,
1: I, yeah. You
0: just talk about how good it is. That's that's all you do. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, I like it. (laughs) Yeah, I don't blame you. I've driven your car. It's a fun car. Yeah. All right, Ben, let's end this episode on a curveball question here. Which non-police car would make a great police car? So this one took me actually a
1: while to think of. I first started with Mercedes wagons because I thought that'd be kind of cool. And then it didn't. Well, that's like a European thing. Yeah, yeah, they do that over there. And I think it's cool because they make them over there. I, I tried to not do something American because you did something American. We'll get to that. Mm-hmm. But, um, and people here would be like, oh, yeah, the cop guard has got to be American. You know, like, otherwise it's weird. Yeah. But um, I went with Arab spec land cruisers. Wow. Because land cruisers, you know, are like indestructible cars. Mm-hmm. And they actually, most of them are actually sold in the Middle East. They sell them a lot in like Australia. The U.S. market is actually not that big for them. So we, we're not even that really familiar with them. But in the U.S., we only get like the crazy, crazy loaded out ones, like biggest engine, all the leather interior, all the bells and whistles. There, you can get them with diesel engines, six-cylinder engines, which do just fine, but like cloth seats. So I think like as a cop car, you get like the most indestructible car ever. And like it's not that expensive. And you can kind of like customize them out. Yeah. So. Very practical.
0: Hard to disagree. I want one. (laughs) Yeah but I got one and I can just tell you right now I'm right. <laughs> it's not even worth discussing. And it's the new Ram TRX. If every American cop had an, a four-wheel drive 700 horsepower four-seat pickup truck, you know, this thing is works for police chases. If you showed up, you know, pull behind that, it's intimidating. Oh yeah. You ain't running from a TRX. Yeah,
1: I, I mean, I think I think, you I get think that would just be the most by a TRX, fun. You die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I guess you'd have to deal with like how massive they are and how hilarious they are, but like, yeah, you know, you could put like five cops in one. I mean, just get like get rid of all the cops
0: and give them like ram TRXs, yeah. and they're like super cops now. Just everything in the bed. Yeah. You could get. I'm sure they make toppers for them. It could double as a paddy wagon. Like if you got to take down the whole the whole clan. Yeah. You, know, you got a couple in the back seat, so few in the bed, put a bench back there. <laughs>
1: Would would you take a Ram TRX and, like, trick it out to make it look more menacing, or would
0: you dial it back to look a little bit more stealth cop? Mm, You know, American police departments would dial it back and go stealth cop because American police don't want to be seen. That's what makes them American as opposed to European police who have, you know, yellow and blue checkers all over their police cars. But I think having a big menacing TRX, you got (laughs) to... You wouldn't
1: even need sirens for it. <laughs> no.
0: Just get on the gas. You'd just hear it. You'd be, be like, like, oh, is that shit, that's oh, Yeah, you look up in the Especially rearview Especially if we're all driving
1: electric cars, you can just hear the Ram TRX. Yeah. You'd look in your around.
0: rearview mirror, and all you'd see would like, skid plate, like, front bumper.
1: Yeah. I just, noticed, I just noticed something. Did they call it the TRX because it sounds like
0: T-Rex? It might have. That's I good point. Even, I didn't think about that. I didn't think about it either. If that makes sense. Yeah. It'd be people would think twice. What do you think's louder, a Ram TRX or an actual Tyrannosaurus Rex? Do we even know what sound the Tyrannosaurus Rex made if no one was there to hear it? I I, I don't know. Jurassic Park. (laughs) We're just assuming. They were definitely louder. No one knows what sound a T-Rex makes.
1: Yeah. Apparently, they used to have hair, too. Anyways. (laughs) I don't know
0: much about that. This isn't a dinosaur podcast. Talk about changing gears. (laughs) All right. that's, That's our show. Episode two of season one with Jay and Ben. Thank you again for listening. Check out now our first two episodes that are out. And thank you so much. And we'll see you next week. (music) We'll <music>